welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Ildi Rasprosa, I'm so excited to be interviewing you for She's the Boss Chats. Thank you so much for agreeing to do it. Thank you, Jules, for inviting me onto the chat. <laughs> oh, it's my absolute pleasure. So let's start off by telling everybody what it is that you're doing now. So tell us a little bit about Time Fix. <laughs> Quickly straight into the middle of it. I like it. Straight, uh, <laughs> straight in. Well, this is the intro because then we're going to go back to when you were a little girl. So. Oh, too funny. <laughs> we'll start here. Well, I am a time mindset specialist or coach nowadays. So um, I help small business owners and their teams become uh, better at productivity and um, do more in in the same amount of time because in the end we can't really control time. We can only change what we do. That's very true. That's very true. So why? Why have you got into this space, Ildi? Oh, that's a funny story, Jules. It goes back to... Go on then, tell me. I love a story. <laughs> oh, about nine years ago, I was going through a divorce and, uh, uh, well, you need to know that I'm missing the organized gene. So I suddenly had to <laughs> pull myself together and somehow get things done and get more done than before and and lift my game because I had two beautiful little girls to, to raise. And... Um, I ended up creating a planner just because I couldn't find a good tool that would keep me focused on my goals and right. uh, have a good visual of my of my time so that I can feel in control. Uh, because somehow in that okay. period of time, everything was just happening to me. And I'm sure that people <laughs> can relate to, the, to this sentence. But when, when you go through something like, like a divorce that is not your choice, uh, things yeah. tend to feel like they are just happening to you. So I needed to feel in control a little bit and, and just to have an idea and understanding of what do I do? How do I do it? And uh, what's going to be the outcome? So, so you created a planner. Yes, I did. It's the end planner. It's still on the market. And today my beautiful 20 year old, uh, is taking care of, uh, of that business. Oh, fantastic. So, um, yeah. What happened, though, as a good direct seller, because I was selling natural cleaning products back then, um, I started right. to ask about half a year into uh, selling the planner, what do you do with it? How are you? Do you like it? Do you not like it? What's happening? And I realized that just because you have a good tool, it doesn't mean that you know what to do with it. Oh my God, I can, couldn't agree with you more. I found exactly the same thing with Handle Your Own PR. So, so I, I ended up starting to do coaching, workshops, oversharing, uh, really trying to help everyone to, to get better uh, and understand better where their time goes. And slowly it grew into this other beast, which is today the time fix. Um, and about three years into, into the end planner's journey, I created the time fix as a brand because it was already something totally different. Um, why? Right. Because as much as I, as I mentioned, I do miss the organized gene. So, um, 
as much as I was reading anything and everything about time management, and I would try all those techniques, I would find myself six to eight weeks down the track, going back to my good old self. And I did question why, how come uh, someone like me who has the right background, right uh, mindset, right, everything, I still can't stick to the good old fashioned time management tips and tricks. And, uh, uh, as it happens, you bump into the right people at the right time. So I bumped into this yeah. amazing lady <laughs> from New Zealand, uh, Jane Albiston, and she started to talk to me about behavior. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the missing link. I never yes, considered the human factor when it comes to time management. And that's what pretty much took the time fix to where it is today, where we approach um, time management from the perspective of people. And uh, what we do, uh, we do talk quite a lot about the one size does not fit all because um, in the end time is very personal. And uh, because of that, productivity is very personal. So how come we are trying to live up always to someone else's expectations? Oh, I love it. Wow, what a little journey, though, to take you there. And before we move on, um, because we're going to go back to your um, to your story, you also met a couple of partners. So there's now three of you in the business, oh, which yes. I love the idea of three women all backing each other and, and supporting each other on the journey. So I bet that's made a huge difference. Well, I suppose uh, I'm a little bit of visionary in this uh, uh, trio. And I met Kirsten yeah. ooh, many, many years ago, uh, seven years ago, actually. She she still had a baby back then, and um, uh, she co-created with me a planner for her back then little business and community. And for some reason, we just stuck to each other. I really don't know. You might you must ask Kirsten why did she stick with me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but she did, and and uh, and she's been my shadow and my supportive uh, uh, partner on this journey pretty much for the past seven years, and. Oh right! Uh, without really being paid for it, or 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 uh, being uh, you know compelled in any shape or form, she just felt like this is the right thing to do, and 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 we were just helping each other on this journey. And about four years ago, uh, I bumped into Puja at a networking event, and uh, I pretty much sucked her into BNI with me, because why not? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and after our very first conversation, I knew that she could be someone who can actually add value to what I was already doing. What I found was that as much as I was creating beautiful new um, habits and new techniques and new way of looking at productivity, uh, I was still struggling with the human factor. And Puja is a habit right. change coach. So she just oh my fitted goodness, in a picture right. like, a, like a missing yeah, puzzle yeah, piece. Perfectly. And uh, I said to her back then, three years ago, that I'm going to work with you on the long run. And she was laughing at me. <laughs> um, and uh, and then, 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 then she started to say that maybe we should work with, together. And this is how yeah. we started to help clients in the beginning, you know, handballing them back and forth and we found it was tedious and it was just not aligning with our value of of helping people and uh and that's one of our core values helping others uh it always felt like it was an upsell and um 
we looked at each other and we thought, well, we might as well try and work together. So um, about one and a half years ago, we did a trial run for about half a year. Mm -hmm. We pretended that we yeah. won. And uh, in May, we made a big decision that uh, since the three of us work really well together and we do complement each other in an amazing way, because I create... Puja makes sure that 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 you stick with it, and then Kirsten makes uh, uh, sure that uh, we're not uh, overshooting the target. <laughs> She's grounding us, you know. I always say. I think it's it. Yeah, and I think it's so lovely the three of you together because just having other people to share the journey and bounce things off, it makes everything possible really, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And look, it was so interesting because uh, after we joined our forces, we went to a networking event and this beautiful lady from uh, the Dandenong Chamber of Commerce, Lisa, was asking, so what changed? And um, I think the one thing that actually changed was confidence. The way that we right. we knew that there's another yes. two people around you who actually believe in your madness and are 100% <laughs> behind you. That's so powerful. It is so powerful. You're, you're so right. And it's just lovely to see the three of you um, all joining up together last year. Okay, but this is all about you, Ildi. <laughs> so I want to go back to when you were a little girl and we're going to talk about the journey that you've taken to get to where you are now. So... Let me start off with asking you, where did you grow up? What size family do you have, as in how many brothers and sisters? And what did your mum and dad do? Oh, um, I grew up <laughs> in Transylvania. And yes, it's a real place. <laughs> Stop it. You did not. Yes, really? I did. Transylvania. That is amazing. I don't think I've ever met anyone from there before. Uh, you probably may... Um, we don't necessarily advertise it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's at the so because it's a real place and Drac and and the Dracula thing, people don't like to talk about the fact that they're from there. Uh, the Dracula thing is a little bit annoying, but that would take up an hour just <laughs> to bet. explain why. Uh, but um, Transylvania is in the middle of Romania at the moment, just because of the Second World War. But I'm Hungarian, right? So I grew up as right, okay. uh, part being part of a minority um, after two world wars, literally. So yeah. um, on top of everything, Romania back then when I was born a long time ago. <laughs> All right, not that oh, long. Oh, God, that's so funny. Um, well, it was a dictatorial uh, country, so it was under um, Ceausescu's regime. And um, yeah. it was even harder to be part of a minority in a country that... Uh, Run by a dictator. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it was a bit of an interesting mix. And I always say that... Um, Thanks to my grandmother and my grandfather, um, I think I had a happy childhood. I did not feel oh, that's good. Well, the burden of, of, of that regime until a lot later. Right. <clears throat> so were you brought up by your grandparents? Did your, were your parents somewhere else or did you well, all live together or how did that all we're work? We're getting to the, what my parents do. Uh, my mom and my okay. dad working, worked in construction. So my dad was a, a construction engineer oh, right. and my mom was a what we called back home a construction technician. Here it would be probably the equivalent of a bachelor in construction. Uh, wow, amazing. A woman <laughs> doing that. I love it. And... Uh, uh, they 
Because of what they were doing and being always uh, on site and so on, I I spent some time as a baby in childcare. And because I was, uh, my my parents were uh, in a big city called Timisoara back then, even though I was born in Kolozsvár, which is the heart of Transylvania. Um, Yeah. Apparently, when I started to talk in German to my mom, my mom decided that enough is enough. <laughs> and enough. <laughs> I was probably three years old. And this is when I, I was shifted to my grandparents uh, with the end goal that both of them were trying to slowly move like a chess piece on a board uh, towards uh, Kolozsvár and, and uh, settle there for in the end. So it took them another five years to to really make the move to uh to my home city but by then um i was left in my grandparents care and here's the thing my grandmother had three sons (laughs) so she raised three sons so when when i came along i was the long-awaited little girl so (laughs) (laughs) so i was the the (laughs) well i grew up with three brothers and i know how much parents love having a girl around so so but did you have were you an only child in your from your own parents no actually i had a uh, i have a sister not had i have a sister and uh, she's five years younger and virtually I moved back home when she started school. So I was probably 12 when I ended up having right. to move uh, back back into the family home, which I absolutely and totally hated. And I blamed my sister for it. <laughs> yeah, she, she would right, listen to this. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it took probably another three years and, and my grandmother to pass away to realize that... Uh, it's on me to nurture that relationship. Uh, yeah, very, very true. But when you're a little girl, it's you're it's looking hard. for someone to blame, <laughs> I guess. So it is hard. Um, so, um, all right. So, what was school like for you? Did you do? Did you go right the way through to year twelve, or was that difficult? I don't. I don't know what happened in <laughs> Romania. So, what school? Tell us about school, school work. School was compulsory, so that that was not an option in in Romania. If anything, really was pushed the right way that was school. Unfortunately, because of the way that it was pushed, it became one of those um, stigmas. So if you really loved school, you were a little bit of a nerd, no matter what. Uh, But I never minded being the nerd because I was raised in that, with that mindset. You know, my grandparents, both of them, uh, well, my, my grandmother did finish school the right way, but my grandfather actually went through so he he actually went back to school after the World War and he finished uh, uh, and he got a baccalaureate uh, pretty much uh, uh, doing night schooling. So I was raised with the value of learning and and uh, he used to say that the one thing that no one can take away is what's in your head. So yes, smart man. So this is how I I, I grew up uh, in that household. So I valued learning. I valued reading, uh, as you can see. <laughs> you can't. The people who listen, they can't see, but I have a big library and I do value books. Um, yes. <laughs> so that, that's real. Well, I, as you know, I have, I have a similar one and I feel the same way. And I grew up as a little girl in Germany with no television that we could understand. So I read books all the time. So uh, I imagine for you as well, it, it's, it was an escape, wasn't it really? Well, we didn't have anything else and, and TV came, came along a lot later. So um, yeah, when, yeah, when I was a little girl, we had the six o'clock uh, uh, 
five minute cartoon and that was pretty much it for the day so right yes yeah. <laughs> i know and kids now can watch for like days Absolutely. and days and days all the cartoons so, yeah. so, so this is and we got such a sh- this is how i got yeah, go got there because in the end um school was hungarian so i did do school in hungarian in a hungarian class and that's very unique every school was probably having one class of hungarian uh kids uh and um but i did finish school uh in a hungarian setup in a hungarian school yes we had the extra eight hours a week for the hungarian course uh because romanian was as compulsory as hungarian so i grew up in a bilingual uh environment um and um i saw when i went into high school that's when the Everything changed, and I went in, into a, into an all Hungarian school just because Ceausescu um, has fallen, and we were allowed to have our school. <clears throat> Up until then, right. it was a minority even within the school environment, which is a bit of a different. <laughs> uh, yeah, wow. I mean, that's a, such a challenging upbringing, but you loved school, so. So what happened when you finished school? What happens when Ildi is, I guess, at 17 or 18, finished school? What did you want to do and did you go to university? Was that an option? There's a little bit of intermezzo and secret in, in that uh, background there. I uh, started yeah. to um, do karate at 14. And uh, when I was... Karate? Yes, Shotokan karate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you've, shot, you've surprised me. Keep going. <laughs> um, so by by the time that I was 17, 18, I was part of the Romanian um, national team. And Stop it! Oh my goodness, Ildi. Oh. Right. And, and uh, pretty <laughs> much um, I didn't care what uni I'm going to because I just wanted to do my thing. So uh, right. I really, mm, I was always good with languages. So I really wanted to do uh, tourism, but my parents said that that's not a university. So that was off the table. Right. <laughs> um, the things our parents do. <laughs> it, lovingly, lovingly. So let's, let's put it out there, lovingly. Uh, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. I ended up enrolling, not enrolling, um, because you had to actually earn your place. It wasn't just, you know, applying um, yeah. to uh, automation and computing, which was a very good perspective, wow. but it was not mine. And Right. So hang on a minute, though. What do you mean by you have to earn it, you don't just apply? What so do you, you have mean to by actually that? sit a, a, a quite brutal uh, oh, exam. Oh, an exam. So plus your university, plus your uh, uh, year 12 grades and year 12 marks. marks and something, you know, like we have here, that's a, there was a point system. So everything was counted together, but there, there was a very tough exam. And if you didn't get in, it wasn't like here. So you didn't really have a second option. So it was, you're either in or a lot of pressure, or you end up going to a factory and become a beautiful line worker. Wow. So, um, right. So you got into computing of all things, which probably back then was very unsophisticated or, well, was Romania one of the – where did computers come from? Was Romania quite advanced in that yeah, space? Yeah, you, you will be surprised. You know, these little countries like Hungary and Romania and uh, all those, no. you know, yeah. on the Eastern Europe. It's suddenly Europe. making me think, <laughs> hang on a minute. That was our escape. So the, the level of education right. in that space uh, was always quite high, and it still is. 
Right. So um, I just had to go somewhere where I could get in easily because I was always good at maths. My biggest issue with learning was always that I was good across the board. So I didn't excel right. just in maths or just in, in languages. I pretty much was good across the board. So when they asked me, what will I do? I was like, I have no clue. I could do this and I could do that. <laughs> and it would be exactly yeah, the same. Right. <laughs> so, um, but because that satisfied my, my, my dad's need to, uh, to know that I will have a secure future, I just mm -hmm. uh, aligned with what was expected of me and I got into uni. Problem was that it was not my world in any shape or form. I passed everything. So I finished three years without blinking. Uh, and this right. is where it comes that I had a, I have a really sound, uh, base in maths and physics and chemistry and all those things, but, um, I just wasn't happy. So I did what, right. what a good 20 year old does. I got myself a job and I left uni and I went home saying I left uni, but I have a job. <laughs> oh, so you did it. So but I thought you complete, no. did you complete your degree? No. You didn't, but you did three years anyway. Yes, because back then there was no three years. The, 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 the uni system was different to today, so it was a five-year course. Okay, and you just had enough after three years. So what was the job? I became an office manager <laughs> at a, <laughs> a, a youth um, uh, organization that was uh, helping young people across Europe to... Uh, achieve their dreams. So that was beautiful. And about two months into that job, I met my ex-husband. <laughs> so right. uh, not through the job, though. Uh, it was a good old pub story. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, and pretty much uh, uh, three months later, I moved to Hungary to to be able to be together. And this is where uh, I... Was he Hungarian? Yes. He was born in yeah, the same right. city, but he was living in Hungary. So, uh, okay. and he had a, a, a successful, small Hungarian cartographical business. And this is where I bumped into one of the biggest loves of my life. Uh, and I found my vocation because uh, I'm a cartographer. <laughs> ah, now just for those of us that don't know, and I have a vague idea... <laughs> A cartographer is making maps, is that right? Yes. Okay. 100%. So what an unusual thing for you to fall into. <laughs> um, yes. And it, it was just by chance that, that uh, it happened to me because I met my, my ex-husband and then I enrolled in university in Hungary and I finished the five years and, uh, and I did my three, oh, well three years of doctorate school, but I never finished because we moved to Australia. <laughs> So, <laughs> okay. So, why? Did, so we're, we're talking. So you moved to Australia. What in your mid to late twenties? Then something like no, that. No, it, it was thirties. <laughs> well into thirties. Thirties. Uh, oh, okay. And why? Why did you move to Australia? Oh, um, here's the thing. Being a cartographer means that you see the world from a bit of a different perspective. Um, cartography. A good cartographer is a little bit of a polyhistor. So you need a bit of geography, you need a little bit of history, a bit of uh, maths, a little bit of physics, a little bit of everything. Uh, because what a cartographer does, you take information and you turn it into a visual representation of something. 
Yeah. That's what a yeah. cartographer actually does. Um, and probably this is why I'm good at what I do today, because what I do, I take the information that is uh, around, so, uh, around you and I actually turn it into a visual representation, which is your planner. Yeah, right. So I, 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 I thought about this about two, three years ago. Someone asked me, how do you end up being <laughs> a time a mindset coach from being a cartographer before? But it makes sense. It really does make sense. Um, and um, it's, it was, um, where was I? Oh. You were telling me, no, no, that's, oh, gosh, I'm so glad it happens to you because it happens to me all the time. Uh, my question was, how did you end up, why did you end Australia. up coming to Australia? What was it? I had my beautiful older daughter in um, 2002 and I was in yep. year three back then, three, four. Something. In Romania, no, in Hungary. In Hungary. Uh, and this is yep. where it came that we already saw the signs that things are changing. Then we had uh, uh, our beautiful second daughter, uh, Lutza, and um, <clears throat> that's when we realized that Arika has epilepsy. So uh, right. Ari had a rare form of a childhood epilepsy that no one could really diagnose clearly. So we went through hell and back to to figure out what to do. And she was mistreated yeah. and it was a whole journey. Uh, nowadays, I feel like oh, when you Eldie. bump into something like that, it, it feel, almost feels like you, you need to, to, to have a degree in neuroscience to, to get through all the information and figure out what's best for yeah, your you child. You probably almost could have had one. <laughs> probably. <laughs> almost could have had one by the time you'd finished all your research. So what happened by the time that Ori was five, uh, Europe was in that really interesting situation. That was around 2007. Uh, and um, as cartographers and having a small cartographical business in the middle of Europe, we saw all the signs that things are not going to go well. So we looked at each other and we said, if we want the best for our children, uh, Hungary is not the right, the right place for Ari because she's always going to be considered... Um, Oh, this will sound really bad. Um, redundant. Uh, yeah, right. Just because she... Because there's just no... there's So there's no value placed no. on people if they've got any kind of Disabilities and, and it's, it's disability, really hard right. to make, make, yeah, I can, make it through with a, a disability in that environment, even today. Uh, things are better. I, I think you're... Uh, well, but it's Yeah, I think there's... There's a lot of there's a lot of that around the world, and and I know you've travelled, and I've certainly travelled, and you don't realise how special it is in Australia, probably in England and America, how much we value humans, because in lots of countries there is no value placed on them at all. We're all expendable, uh, and I guess uh, getting out of the, an environment where she was going to be, you know. Maybe not mistreated, but ignored yes. was probably uh, it's, a really it's good thing to do. not necessarily about being mis mistreated. It's more about not if you're not a valuable asset for, for, for that society, uh, you're of no use. 
Right. And, and it, it, so you just get sidelined in everything. It is what it is. And, and when you, you look at the socioeconomic situation and, and, uh, and what it means, you know, to earn money and how, how hard it is to actually survive still in, in Hungary, you have no choice. So I, I do get why. But we had a choice and we decided to yes. jump ships before it, before it even showed that something's wrong. So we, we, we had two choices. Uh, we had some family in Canada and we had some family in Australia. And we thought Australia is nicer and warmer. <laughs> so <laughs> actually there's a third That's choice. That's kind of what we thought as well. And, but also I love it because in Australia epilepsy isn't really a disability. I mean, it can be managed and there are loads of people who have it. So. And one of the best children's epileptologists lives here in Melbourne. So that was another big reason right. why why we, we landed here in Melbourne and it was the best thing ever because if you meet today my beautiful 20-year-old, uh, you would not tell that. Who's running at the ant planner Absolutely. business. Absolutely, and she's doing a, a business <laughs> degree and and uh, uh, at some stage they were telling telling us that she's she's never going to, to achieve anything in life. So um, it's just a miracle. And so you can thumb your nose at them and go, look at her now. Absolutely. So. Uh, okay, so, so so you're a young couple, well, mid, youngish couple, young compared young. to now. So <laughs> um, you've arrived with two young kids. Did you and and you'd had your own business before? What was that like? I mean, I remember what it was like moving to Australia, and I came from sort of England and Germany. You came from Romania. It must have been quite a big shock, was it? Um, Maybe in a positive way. Yes and no. In, in it, it's a really interesting one because. Um, the reason why we came or, or why I thought it would be a great thing for us to come is because we both were very entrepreneurial, always. Uh, I think my employment uh, uh, record pretty much ends at those two months that I did as, <laughs> as I, when I was 20. Um, and um, it's a really interesting thing because our uh, agent, when we came, said to us that this country either makes you or breaks you. And I just couldn't understand that sentence. I was like, what the heck? What do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. How, how can a country like this break you? And I didn't really get it until we hit the divorce that it actually made me, but it broke him. And the signs were right. there. Uh, because um, a very high the entrepreneurial person who used to sell Coke in, a, you know, the two liter Coke, he would buy the Coke and take it to his workplace and sell it by the glass and would make money on wow. it. So it's this kind of... This is what your ex-husband yes, did? Yes, So he's, wow. he, he's he, an amazingly entrepreneurial person, landed in Australia and he just couldn't find his feet. I don't know why, I don't know uh -huh. how. He never found his his entrepreneurial mojo here uh, and, um, uh, and he just drowned slowly. And I, because as, a, as an immigrant... Um, you're building a new life. So one half of the family yes. will always be focused on children, making sense of the, the system, uh, figuring out uh, how far ahead do you have to enroll your kids into school and so on. Plus, we had a, a child who, who was struggling with and had difficulties. So we had to find a lot of things that uh, come naturally to someone who was born here, raised here and went through life here. We, we were just figuring mm. out the system. And in this process, I didn't realize that he was drowning. So, yes, um, I think part of, of that breakdown was that we just 
almost we were living in two different worlds here in Australia. Wow. And so is he is he still here or has he gone no, back? No, he actually jumped on a plane about um, five years ago now and um, yeah. he went home. So he left me here with the I thought maybe he'd go to America or somewhere, but no. No, no going home. <laughs> and is he thriving? Is he thriving now he's home? That's really interesting. Don't I don't think so. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but maybe maybe the, this whole experience has broken him more in in a bigger way. But anyway, this is about you, not him. <laughs> so what did so your marriage is breaking down? Uh, how long did, how long were you here before that started happening? Oh, that was uh, probably seven years, roughly seven seven years. Okay, so so so. What did you do then, and 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 how did Ant plan? So, how did working for yourself come about? What what was your first job when you came well, here? Well, Jules, the reality is that I am unemployable in Australia. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't feel bad about it. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are. Oh God, that's so funny because I, I did. I honest to God, I tried to get a job, uh, but I was either overqualified or overqualified and, uh, um, or I didn't have enough experience and, and I, I mean, Australian <laughs> experience. And I was like, how would I get experience if I don't get a chance to gain that experience in <laughs> Australia? Right. So, uh, it's a bit of a bummer and a, a bit of an issue when it comes to, to this. This is why so many, uh, immigrants become entrepreneurs because they have no choice. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's great. It's great for Australia. Great for the <laughs> entrepreneurs network. But it says a lot about Australia's lack of tolerance. I mean, anyway, that's a different. We story. can go on about it. But I, if I speak to another taxi driver who is a doctor or engineer, I'm going to scream. But anyway, it's it is the reality the of, the, of being an immigrant is. here. So uh, it's it's yeah. not easy. And yeah. and uh, I straight away started well. What do you do in Australia as a mom uh, with two children? Well, childcare is way too expensive to just put them in childcare. So you end up doing a side hustle. And this is how I bumped yeah. into Nature Direct back then. And uh, I started to, to sell natural cleaning products. Why? Ah, because it okay. was aligned with everything I believed in. I was on that health journey anyway because of my beautiful daughters. Um so going green just made sense and sharing that love with everyone around me uh, made even more sense. And the fact that it actually made me a little money was an added bonus. So Yes, and that it fits around <laughs> school hours. And I guess the other thing is that what's the one thing that happens when you have kids when they're young, which you don't really think about, but you find yourself in a community. You build a community around from the school kids. So it was a good kind of age for you to be doing a, it as well, it I guess. It was a perfect job for me. So this is how, not okay. to talk about the fact that it, uh, what I realized about being in, in Australia for about two, two and a half years, two, two years probably, um, my English was regressing because I wasn't meeting anyone. And the five minutes at right. the gate were not enough to actually uh. improve my my language skills, uh, and uh, I just needed to to get out there and find the community and and start you know thriving, and uh, this little business. So how did you start? I mean, oh. if you don't know anyone, you've got a product. What did you do? Start just knocking on doors? No, actually, I went in. I, I got myself into a. a Oh, play group. 
and my first customers okay. were the the mums from the playgroup. Uh, actually, right. I, I met the lady sense. who sucked me into this whole thing, Heather Schmidt. Oh God, she's she's another <laughs> interesting cookie. Um, and uh, um, I joined Nature Direct knowing that I can't stand in front of people and talk for half an hour. And Heather said to me, oh, don't worry, we'll sort it out. <laughs> so we did. <laughs> uh, she's, she's a true blue Aussie. Um, so... We used to have a beautiful flip chart and my yes. words were literally scripted on the back of the flip chart. This is how I started. I used to laugh at jokes that I didn't understand. Um, and uh, uh, I, uh, I just um, learned on the go. And, and yeah, this is how great. I started my Nature Direct business. What a, what a great story. <laughs> that is actually a really good story. It makes, it makes enormous sense why you would have done it. So at what stage in that journey with Nature Direct did Ant Planner come about? When did the... It was the, <coughs> were you do- the end of it yeah, because on. once I created the Ant Planners and I started to focus on, on selling the planner, slowly Nature Direct uh, took a back burner, backstage, because in the end, as much as it's a fabulous platform for anyone who just wants a bit of, uh, uh, and I did really well with Nature Direct, so don't get me wrong. It was, uh, I yeah. was in top 20 for years and, and so on. And I did a lot of uh, trips overseas. It was a beautiful company that, that actually nurtured their uh, people, the people in a beautiful yeah, way. Right. So the stuff, uh, I would have never seen Asia without... Uh, Nature Direct and uh, Jeanette Anderson especially loved her team and and put a lot of love in the team Uh, but then it was a very small company with a very limited uh, uh, um, range of products and it made sense for them to actually sell into a bigger company and Nature Direct became part of a big uh, uh, multi-level marketing company called Longevity, and pretty much right. that was not my world. Um, even today, yeah. I still take care of a beautiful team there, and I help the girls who who are uh, in who were in my team, and and I'm still, you know, getting my beautiful supplements and things <laughs> for free. Oh, well, that's good. But, uh, <laughs> and, no, but I, I love that, and I love it that. That was your original group of friends, absolutely, I guess. Because absolutely, absolutely. So, and so, of course, they they'll be around forever. I would 100%. imagine. One hundred percent. So, so, so that that it had its role and its place. But once I had my own baby, which was the planner, uh, I just had to to do my own thing and and uh, grow slowly into that space. And as I was growing, uh, the direct selling just got you know, it became. A side hassle, really, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and this enough. is how it switched slowly into having my own uh, business, your own business, and now your own company with two others, Absolutely. which is extra <laughs> special. And we just have to tell everyone the happy ending. You got married again recently. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, recently. And that's lovely. That's just like the cherry on the top, isn't it? Well, look, the reality is that. Um, what people don't realize is, and, and I, I, every time I, I speak with a client of, uh, uh, if they are ladies, I always say that you need to actually do what I didn't do in the beginning. I trusted my marriage. Obviously, I jumped a continent. Uh, so I had to trust 
my marriage, but I never, yeah. I, I'm, I've never had a plan B. And I'm usually uh, the type of person who's all in. So I don't necessarily, and I don't always think about plan B. Uh, I can tell you that my two girls will always have a plan B because I will not allow for right. them to happen what happened to me because this whole marriage breakdown to me, it came as a hurricane and, and a, a, an absolute and total surprise. And I wasn't expecting it. Um, I was firmly convinced that we're going to work it out and it will, you know, we'll just move right. on. Uh, and he gave up, but he didn't. It really didn't. Right. So unfortunately, when it comes to, to, to this, you, you have to have some sort of plan B and you need to be able to stand on your feet and you need to understand what it means to be left on your own because people have no clarity around that. Uh, yeah. The, the fact that uh, he moved out and I couldn't get internet because I didn't have a credit history. Right. Right. It, it, yes. It's, there's a <laughs> so you had all of those sort of nightmare things that people talk about all happen to it, you. It's uh, it, it's just, but also thinking on the other side, uh, having children, and especially when you have a, a, one of your children who has um, special needs of some shape or form, it doesn't matter what we're talking about yeah. it. As parents, we tend to forget that at the end of the day, kids will grow up and you will left on your own with that other person. And if you're starting to take care of your relationship when, when you're already at that stage, things will fall apart. To us, it yeah. just happened quicker. But the reality is that uh, if you would ask me, when did it start and when did we start to grow apart? I can't tell you exactly. And that's a problem because it means that we weren't taking care of each other the right way. But it's but it's so normal, Ildi. I mean, I was married for nearly 15 years and, and things creep up on you and life gets in the way and you're focusing on your kids and, you know, and things can happen. So True. after the split, though, True, Jules. What, what did you do? How did, how did you meet your new man? <laughs> but the reality is that if you have those date nights and if you make the conscious effort to to still have that connection, that original connection with, with, uh, with that yes, other person, then, then you can save it. Or you can recognize the signs a lot quicker and a lot sooner, and you can do a lot more about it. And that's, that's all you really want to. You want to have that chance yeah. to save something that is worth saving. Um, so yeah. um, what happened? Well, how does someone like me who works with women all the time meet a man? <laughs> uh, someone said well, to me, I, oh. you told me you went out to pubs. <laughs> uh, you, hmm, Jules, in my age group or back then in that age group, you don't meet a good man at the pub because they are all taken. The good ones <laughs> are all taken. So um, I got on myself on a, on a dating site on one of those, you know, that talk about yeah, the, well done. love the, the walk on the beach and, <laughs> and so on. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I met Tony. It was an interesting one because we started to chat and then it just died off. Uh, and uh, uh, I had a couple of, I call them intermezzos in, in between, um, but they didn't really work out. And um, just because I'm very straightforward and you get what you get. So 
I don't hold yeah. secrets and I don't do the uh, BS game, you know, the uh, let me think about what you might <laughs> How be thinking. <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I always said, if you want to say something, just say it. I can deal with it, but I can't guess what you think. So, um, yeah. and, and, and we, we just, it happened that we were again online and he's like, are you still here? And I'm like, obviously. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so we went for a coffee and um, I'd had an exit plan, you know, the, the safe call. <laughs> well done, plan B plan this B. time. Not going to uh, be caught, oh, <laughs> not gonna be caught unawares. And it was funny because he keeps saying that I, uh, my first sentence was that you're not going to get my phone number today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so and, and then uh, pretty much by the end of the three hours, because uh, that's how long it took us, I had to really go because my exit plan was a real exit plan. Um, right. And, uh, and we just caught up for the second time a few days later and for the third time uh, about a week later and the rest is pretty much history. It all started happening. And the story yep. is that on that third day, because that's funny, a funny one, <laughs> I actually met his mother. <laughs> it it ha just right. happened apparently, but I met his beautiful mom and uh, it was... Um, it was really, really nice. And, and I, I was surprised that he actually allowed me in his space that quickly. Uh, and from there, half a year later, we were in, in Europe because I had to take my kids home. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he came with you? It's a funny story because I didn't have the finances to actually make that trip. So he offered to pay and I said to him, I'm not going if you're not coming. So this is how we ended up going together to Europe. And uh, we. Ha and he gets to meet your family for, for a change. Yes. But what's really interesting is that on that trip, he actually asked me if I want to marry him. So... Um, Oh wow! We he asked he popped the question in Vienna. We bought a ring in Bratislava, and he met my dad. Met my dad back home in in Transylvania, pretty much within ten days. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so yes, but but um, yes, yeah, so meeting Tony was um, um, something I never hoped because I didn't think that. Falling in love is an option again. I was hoping for a good partnership and and a a good relationship and you know common interests and and he was so so funny. He said to me, "You were the first one that we had a coffee and we chatted about everything but money and <laughs> assets and how many cars you have." And it wasn't an interview, according to him. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I figured if someone has just as much as I have, then we're fine. So who cares? That's the rest right. Will work That's out. right. And really, you got to. The, the most important thing is that you like each other. Then all the rest of it can look. He's, be he's a hidden gem. I really don't know uh, how or how did he manage to hide under a rock for fifty years? So <laughs> until he met well, me, he's just been waiting for you. <laughs> so. so there you go. All right. Now, we haven't got very long, but I've got another couple of quick questions. One is when you are doing something that you love, which I know you're doing now with Kirsten and Pooja, and you've got a new marriage and all the rest of it, how are you balancing work and life so that you don't get burnout? Because I hear about so many women that push themselves too hard. Do you 
What sort of hours are you working? Do you have like weekends and night times uh, sacred for family or how do you work it out? Careful planning. That's pretty much my yeah. trick. <laughs> Why am I asking you this? Of course, you're, you're the ant planner. Oh, or the time fix at the moment. So. Yeah, or the time fix. <clears throat> but, okay, so you, you plan ahead. And, and do you plan to have weekends and night times are sort of, you know, special? Look, the reality is that uh, being in the in a first year of, of, uh, of a new business, it means that uh, I do have to sacrifice from time to time a Saturday morning. Uh, yeah. but, uh, all of us ha- have, uh, have their non-negotiable family times. So, uh, we never, ever work on a Sunday, never, ever work yep. on a Sunday. Um, yeah, if, good. if anything, we, we do sometimes some scripting and, and some creative work with Puja on a Saturday. And the reason why we do it is because everyone is out of the house. Uh, Tony, unfortunately, sometimes has to work on a Saturday. So if he's not there, I might as well do something productive. That's so, right. I, I don't mind weekends no. because I feel like that's... There's no time pressure but, on you and you've got no meetings and it's But there's, there's a but good, there but. because he... He works in this, um, um, every second Monday he has off. So the girls know right. that on, a, on, a, on those Monday mornings, I'm not available until about 12 o'clock, one o'clock. So I do take, oh, lovely. E- even though I might be working a little bit on Saturday, then it usually flows, my weekend flows into, into ma- Monday and mid Monday. And I start my, oh, my good. work week mid Monday. Uh, so yeah, so I will never make again, the mistake of just working. Uh, but yeah, um, I think <laughs> that's, that's so important in saying that Kirsten, for example, uh, she picks up her daughter at around three, three thirty. Um, she literally switches off her phone until about five, six o'clock yeah. in the evening. So, and that, that's her family right. time. So we all have our yeah. healthy boundaries around what we really want to do. And we do work around our, uh, non-negotiable. So Puja's non-negotiable yeah. is her personal training. There's... That's no, I think that's perfect. Solid. It sounds like <laughs> so. Yeah, I think that that's that's the way to do it. And I mean, if if we're going to work for ourselves, there is absolutely got to be an upside, and the upside has got to be that you work the hours and the days that work for you. Oh my god! I mean, look, you many know, I mean, people actually jump into into having a business thinking that they are going to be more flexible, and unfortunately, they allow the business to swallow them. Uh, that's right. As, that's as a right. whole, and and they forget that they jumped into it because they wanted to be flexible. So I'm a big believer of of um, of planning, and this is where our whole madness uh, usually comes in place. That we we look at time, and I do love visualizing your time because there's nothing more powerful than having five six colors in your hand, you no, know, and, and then designing your your. Uh, your week, just Life. like an arch- architect, you know, yeah. you you want to see where your time goes. You want to see where your priorities are. And the reality is that this whole concept of time management is new. It's 200 years old, maybe. Yes. That's it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. before that, we were functioning totally differently. So the rules of the game are Well, I guess it's the, industrial resolution, yeah. revolu- it's the industrial revolution, isn't it? And the fact that we all started getting... Busy doing worky things. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and then add to that now the, com- the computers and the internet and everything. And <laughs> it, that's just, you know. It can feel like you're, you're working all the time. 
But yeah. That's right. That's right. In saying that, I love my little computer and my computer games. So don't get me wrong. I I have no issues with computers. Uh, I love my settlers and my Age of Empires and so on. Cool. All right. Now, one, one last question, and it's just a quick one, and it's a silly one. Is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for sharing? I have a third place at the European Championships in Shotokan Karate. Oh, my God, in karate. Yeah. Wow, Ildi, that is a great little quirky fact. Thank you for sharing that. That's really <laughs> cool. Now, tell everybody, how can they get hold of you if they want um, your brain working with them on, on Time Fix and, and on sort of sorting out their lives and organising things? Well, uh, we have a website, uh, which is thetimefix.com.au. Please feel free to leave us a Perfect. message or connect with us. Uh, we have a, my phone number is pretty much on that website, so please feel free to reach out. We're always open for a good conversation because I think uh, I ca- <laughs> there's nothing better than 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 helping someone to to start on that journey to better productivity. Because yeah. you know, making yeah. friends with your time is is essential. Uh, but it, we do workshops, we, we have programs, uh, we do all the things that, that come with, with a business. And if you have a team and you think that you want them to understand each other a little bit better and you want them to, to start working to, together instead of competing with each other within the team, then uh, please reach out to us because uh, we have a very unique way of, uh, of uh, helping people doing that. do that. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, well, that's lovely. And you're on LinkedIn as well um, if people want to get hold of you too, aren't you? Yes, they are. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. (laughs) All right, thank you so much, Ildi. This has been great. (laughs) Thank you, Jules. (laughs) I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'sTheBoss.com.au.